The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is really fascinating. It is a blending of science and spirituality and what that really means to us to heal conflict in our lives and in the world. And we have a wonderful guest who happens to be working now in Saudi Arabia. So we are speaking to her all the way from Saudi Arabia. Let me tell you a little bit about Gloria Prima, who is the author of this book I have right in front of me called It's All Light, The Morphic Resonance of Light, A Unified Theory. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, She's an author, educator, and therapist. Gloria has also published four children's books on values education, and she's been a therapist for over 20 years. And she's dealt with natural healing, and um, in recent years, she's dealt with emotional freedom techniques, which are called EFT, and neuro-linguistic programming. You may have heard NLP. She believes that now with the overwhelming evidence of studies into conscious intention, healing prayer, near-death experiences, remote viewing, and many other aspects, that the mainstream science must now be scientific and honestly investigate and publish on these subjects. Uh, She has brought all of these subjects together into one unified theory which also includes a unification of the laws of physics in her book, It's All Light, The Morphic Resonant Light, A Unified Theory. So this is kind of fascinating as we evolve spiritually and scientifically and hoping to heal the world of conflict. So I think this is wonderful. And thank you so much for joining us all the way from Saudi Arabia. Hi, Mary. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here today. Well, tell me, how is it that you wrote this book, It's All Light? Why did you do that? Uh, it really arose through years of study I had done into... Um, I was studying a conventional science degree at the time. And at the same time, around about the same time, I started to have what you might call spiritual experiences. And the first one was really a healing experience. And, you know, as time went on, I was, I was uh, studying science, conventional science on the one hand, and I was having all kinds of what you might call spiritual experiences on the other hand. And, you know, I thought, that, well, there must, these, are, these are obviously real events, so there must be an explanation for them. And so 
excuse me, and so I just started to take lots of notes as I was going along over a number of years. And eventually I I began to put all the pieces together and I was able to start forming a whole picture of how it all fits together, how these um, spiritual experiences actually have an explanation, especially when you look at quantum physics. You know, when you look at quantum physics, it talks about these strange um, phenomena like uh, particles can be in two places at the same time and we change things with our observation and and solid matter is not really solid, it's just energy and motion. So when you start to think about uh, things that way, then you can begin to make sense of, you know, what, what happens spiritually when you start to have these spiritual experiences like healing effects and telepathy and things like that. So it was many, many years down the line when I had been studying these subjects that I, I realized that actually I could unify all of it into one theory. And it was at that point I decided to make it a book, but it was you know, many years down the road before I decided to make it into a book. Right. It, was actually, it actually took 17 years in total uh, before I published the book. So that's research and thinking and synthesizing. Um, so in your book, and, and I have it here, it's, it's really pretty fascinating. It's called It's All Light, The Morphic Resonance of Light, A Unified Theory. What is the main message that you want our, your readers to get out of this? The main message, I suppose, is that we can make sense of what we call spiritual phenomena. Many, many people around the world are having, seeing uh, alternative therapists, um, complementary therapists. It's, it's a growing area and having fantastic results. And yet, mainstream science, you know, there's a tendency to dismiss it. But we know it's real, we know it happens, and we have fantastic results with it. So it really, not, it really must be, uh, you know, embraced by mainstream science and accepted as, as a real thing. And there is actually an explanation for what happens. Yeah, so I, I think suppose- it's, yeah, it reminds me when you were talking about, you know, that as you think about things, it changes. And it reminded me of those experiments with water when you spoke to uh, the glasses of water in a loving way that when you put the water molecules under a microscope, they have a beautiful, they're, they're really beautiful and their shapes are beautiful and the designs are gorgeous. And that when you speak to the water in a very nasty, angry, that really the molecules, uh, you know, the pictures that I saw, the molecules are really ugly and horrible. And uh, that that kind of jumped in my mind when you were talking about how you think about things and how it can change the energy. Exactly. And I, I actually talk about those experiments in the book. They, they were conducted by the Japanese scientist Masaru Emoto, and he's published several books on the, the subject. And, and what you say is correct. You know, the, the difference in the crystals that formed from expressing words of love and appreciation to the water were completely different to the, the crystals that formed. In fact, crystals, they, they sometimes couldn't form. You know, they were sometimes just an amorphous blob. They couldn't actually form properly when they were exposed to violent words. Yes, and that just, you know, our bodies are, what, 80% water? So when you think about 
how we are talking to ourselves, we're talking to each other, we're talking to our children, and how we're creating with that energy that that the crystals, um, you know, the molecules are they are they being positive or are they being negative, and how are they are, are you know. Uh, changing the way these kids are or the changing the way our loved ones are it's uh it's it's pretty amazing for people to think twice before they say something nasty or offensive because it really does change that energy so let's talk a little bit about what you mean let's let's actually go through your the title of your book it's all light what do you mean by it's all light what i mean by that is that Everything is made of light, absolutely everything. There's nothing excluded. And that includes what we can see and what we can't see. So what, what we tend to call spirit and matter are quite conflicting ideas. They're emotive words, spirit and matter. But I refer to it as the seen and the unseen. And it's all light and it. Whether we see it or don't see it depends on what we're tuned to. And it's all a case of tuning into the particular frequencies. The, the light that we don't see, um, we don't see it simply because we're not tuned into it. We're not tuned into those frequencies. But if you can tune into those frequencies, and there are ways to do that through meditation, for example, is one way, then you can become aware of a whole different reality. I, use, I like to use the analogy of a, a radio set or a TV set. You know, if you turn the dial to a different frequency, you pick up a whole different channel, a whole different reality, a whole different picture that's there all the time, but we don't see it. We're not aware of it until we tune into that frequency. Yes, and we think about that. I mean, you can think about dogs, that dogs can pick up frequencies of sounds that we can't hear, and some people pick up frequencies of you know, uh, speaking with people who have passed on, that's another frequency, or psychic frequency. All those are different frequencies, right? Exactly. That, that's how it, how it works, I believe, yes. When you mean all light for my listeners today, when they say, well, what about when it's dark? What about you're in a dark room? What about you're in a closet? What about when you close your eyes and it's dark? What do you mean by light with regard to that? Okay, well, the light, the light is still there, just as I was saying. We don't see it because we're not tuned in to that particular frequency. But actually, all the, all the dimensions that are already right in that space, in the same space, potentially, they're all there. It's just a case of tuning into them. So you can, you can be in, you know, a dark closet. You don't see the physical light of this dimension, but there is still light there. If you were able to tune into a, a faster frequency, say, you would still see a whole different reality, even though you're in a, in a, a dark, a physically dark place. So Does that if, help? Yeah, I was going to ask you. So, in the research, do they do they use uh, infrared lights or ultraviolet lights, or what do they use to determine those lights that are there in a lab? Okay. Well, in in the in our electromagnetic spectrum that we know of in this third dimension that we live in. You know, we have, you've probably heard of the electromagnetic spectrum. It's, it's a whole spectrum of frequencies which ranges all the way from gamma rays, x-rays at one end, to microwaves and radio waves at the other end, and, and everything in between. And what we can perceive with our five senses 
is just a very, very narrow bandwidth in the middle of that spectrum. Okay, so that's what we can pick up physically with our, our five senses. But we know from our instruments we can pick up um, these gamma rays and X-rays on one end and radios, microwaves on the other end. We know those frequencies are there because we have the instruments to, to detect them, okay? Mm-hmm. Even though we can't detect them with our five senses. So we, we know that that spectrum is there. But actually there isn't any any physical end to the spectrum, there only comes a point at each end to where we can stop measuring because we don't have the instruments to measure any further. But, you know, potentially it could go on forever, either end. Mm. Um, The way I describe it in the book is that I call them harmonic octaves, um, these other dimensions. And by that I mean each dimension is separated by speeds of light. So the, the electromagnetic spectrum we live within and work within is based on our speed of light that we know of. But the next dimension, if you like, would be uh, the speed of light squared. And then the next dimension, or harmonic octave, would be the speed of light squared, then squared again. Mm. So this is how I describe it in the book. Each dimension is separated by speeds of light. Okay, so when you're talking about your subtitle, the title of your book is All Light, which we understand, and now the subtitle is The Morphic Resonance (laughs) of Light, A Unified Theory. So what basically you want to give us like a summary of what that theory is and why it might be very controversial? Okay. Morphic resonance um, of light. Morphic, the word morphic means form or matter. And resonance means continuous sounding. So what I'm saying is that, um, first of all, I'll back up by, by saying that light is, sound and light are the same thing. And the only difference is in speed. So I give evidence in the book for saying, I give evidence for everything I'm saying in the book. I don't see any statement without giving the evidence for it. But uh, sound and light are the same thing. Now, if you take middle C on a piano and you play it 40 octaves higher, you produce the frequency of the color blue. Interesting. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, sound and light are the same thing, just at different frequencies. Right. So... Right, so the morphic resonance templates are sound templates which are the pattern or the template for matter. In other words, every form is held together by sound. Mm. And since sound and light are the same thing, then that's why I'm saying it's all light. So if you imagine the light waves are traveling along, okay, and I give evidence that light waves are actually spirals, three-dimensional spirals. I give the evidence for this. So the light waves are spiraling along all the time, everywhere throughout cosmos, on every dimension, because that's, you know, everything is light, seen and unseen. When a spiraling, spiraling light wave is held on one point, it would naturally spin in on itself forming a little vortex particle. And this 
is the particle, the subatomic particle of which everything is made. So every tiny subatomic particle is made from light. Now, quantum physics says every particle is made from energy in motion. And I'm just substituting the word energy for light because actually, you know, science doesn't know what this energy is. They say it's energy, but they don't explain what, what kind of energy. And I'm saying it's light because uh, light, as we know in physics, light has no rest energy. It's in constant motion. So this is my argument for saying why um, everything is made of light. Particles are made of light because light itself is perpetual motion. So, so, so the controversial part of it is that that some of the physics, the in physics they say it's energy, and you're saying light, and you're basically saying that the energy is light. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just wanted to say a little bit more about the morphic resonance because um, experiments were done uh, back in the uh, early, sorry, late 1800s by an Austrian gentleman called Ernest Schladny. And he found that when you, you could create patterns and shapes from sound, this is what he discovered. And it's a very simple experiment. You take a metal plate and scatter some powder on it or sand or something and then hold a frequency generator to the plate. And he, he created the frequencies with a violin bow, but yeah, you can hook up to, to a frequency generator. And, and I did, did this myself in the lab. It's easy to do. You produce a frequency against the plate, and immediately the sand or the powder forms itself into a pattern or a shape. And when you change the frequency, the shape changes, the form changes. And... Uh, so this is an easy experiment to do, and you can see, you know, it, and it's almost instantaneous that the, the pattern changes when you change the frequency. So this is the basis for the morphic resonance template. It's a, a, a continuous sound which is holding a pattern in place. And I believe that if, this is the, the basis for form. all form and structure is held together by sound. Yes. And it produces the form from the spiraling light. And, and when I think about conflict and I think about how that relates to us as human beings and the fact that the sounds that we hear and the colors that we see, you know, they say that when someone's angry, they see red or when they're calm, you know, they're blue or they say that their, their aura changes. Can you speak to that so people can kind of get a how it really relates to our everyday life? Yes, I mean, we, I, do, I do speak about this as well in the book because um, what you're referring to is the aura, is that right, around people? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. yeah like if they're, they, they, the color's changing, yeah. Exactly, and it changes continuously because the, it depends on, you know, our thoughts are continuously changing and, we're actually dynamic beings. Every particle that we're made of is continually pulling in light, which gives it its perpetual motion, but at the same time, the light is radiating. So it's dynamic, you see. The light's coming in and going out at the same time. And the light going out, radiating, is what, is what forms the aura. That's the aura. And um, because it's light that's the currency, then that's, that's why you see the color because it's the, 
you know, as you know, all the colors are contained within the white light. So the colors change all the time because we're dynamic. We're changing all the time. We're having different thoughts passing through us, different energies that we're feeling. And this is why the aura is continuously changing. It's, it's never static. And so when, when we're talking about healing conflict and how that relates to the light and the energy and all of this kind of oneness that we're talking about, I know for me as a mediator, I, I'm kind of cognizant of this even before I picked up your book, is that when I go into a meeting, I wear blue. It seems to be soothing. I try and set up an ambience of of comfort. And, you know, I have an Asian bell to ring when things get hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kind of some of us know this kind of intuitively, but it's great to hear the scientific measure. But in terms of translating that into our own lives so that we use this, this scientific understanding and theory. So how, you know, how can we better really, um, you know, have that quote beauty in our lives, like those molecules, those water molecules that are beautiful. What, what is your suggestion for, integrating that into our lives to have a more peaceful life. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we're in, we're in relationship with everything in our, in our lives. And I, I, uh, I like to um, study the, the, the work of J. Krishnamurti. He was a great philosopher. And uh, he, he talked about this and he said our, our conflicts, come from our relationships because we're in relationship with absolutely everything, not only with people, but with, you know, with our property, with, with even with our ideas and concepts, we're in relationship with everything. And, uh, and our only real problem in life is in the understanding of these relationships. So whichever way you find to be able to un- help understand the relationships that you have with everything can only be a good thing. And there's lots of there's lots of ways you know that can help with that. I mean, one of the things um, you mentioned is the EFT, emotional freedom technique, and um, the healing, natural healing. I've been doing this for a very long time, and you know, when you when you begin to clear away the the uh, conditioning, the negative beliefs that we collect, you know, just as we're going through life then it really paves the way for understanding the relationship that we have with ourselves and with everything. Um, EFT has found to be tremendously helpful in, in clearing many of the negative thoughts and blockages that we have you know, to understanding relationships. It's a, it's a really good uh, tool to have. You know, many years ago, uh, I took transcendental meditation oh gosh and you know when I was a sophomore in college and and I still remember it and do it not as not as often as I used to do it twice a day all the time but I do try to meditate and that seems to um, bring those that energy to a more peaceful level I would imagine that if somebody were to you know take me and and look at my aura when I'm meditating that that the colors would be soft and gentle as opposed to if somebody's angry do you know what i mean so that's another way for people to do that and 
you know, when you're talking about sound and light being the same, um, it gets back to that why people feel so much better when they're listening to, you know, very soft, gentle music as opposed to hard rock. I mean, if they want high energy, then they can listen to hard rock and have fun and dance. But when they're mm-hmm. really wanting to um, get peaceful, that would make sense to me that that that's why the gentle music uh, really helps us to get to get there, right? Exactly. And, and healers are working with sound and light at different frequencies. And um, there have been lots of studies done into the effects of meditation. You mentioned transcendental meditation and other types of meditation where they, they found that uh, groups of people meditating together, there was uh, over a, you know, a, a period of several weeks, and they found that the, there was a, a decrease in violent crime in the area during the time of the study. So it does, it has a, it definitely has a calming effect, a centering effect, and it can be measured. Yeah, and I think that's helpful because people otherwise think it's just woo-woo. They don't look at the scientific aspects. I just had really uh, one other question because I know and I found you in Radio TV Interview Magazine, and, you know, you talk about um, the science behind near-death experiences. Do you think you could tell us kind of quickly about that? Yes, I really came up, you know, that was part of my whole um, area of research. I started to become interested in near-death experience because, well, I kept coming across evidence for it, for one thing, but also I found that um, I could explain the tunnel of light that people see when they have a near-death experience because part of the whole theory of the morphic resonance of light, you know, that when I was talking about the light wave as it's spiraling along and then it encounters the sound of the morphic resonance template, and this causes it to become a particle because sound creates the pattern, as I explained. So, um, so what's happening there is the you know the light wave becoming a particle by becoming a little vortex, which is what the particle is. It's a tiny little spinning vortex of light, and that's what a subatomic particle is. So that vortex is a fundamental principle throughout cosmos. It's found everywhere. It's fundamental. I go into this in great detail in the book. Um, This spinning principle, you know, the planet atoms spin, the planet spins, galaxies spin. It's fundamental. And so the vortex is really what the tunnel of light is that people see in a near-death experience. A vortex naturally pulls everything in towards itself. And when people having a near-death experience see the, tu- the tunnel of light, they feel drawn, drawn towards it, drawn into the tunnel. Um, and then once they enter the tunnel, then they find themselves in a whole different reality. And I go on to explain in the book how uh, vortexes seem to be the gateway to other dimensions uh, because it's a fundamental principle and... This, is, this seems to be what's happening, that the person having the near-death experience sees the tunnel, they're drawn into the tunnel. As soon as they enter the tunnel, they're in a different reality. In other words, they're in, they've jumped into uh, another dimension. And this actually ties in with the, you know, the whole wormhole theory in quantum, quantum physics. You know, you've probably heard of the, the wormholes. 
yeah. where they, they it's just a theory at the moment, but they believe that the the wormhole is like a tunnel uh, gateway from one di- one dimension to another. So it ties in with that that theory as well. It is just fascinating, and I love the fact that that we're able to see that science, as you said, science and um, spirituality and all of that seems to blend together. So that is amazing. We are out of time, but thank you so much. It is really wonderful. We will have you just give your website. It's All Light by Gloria Prima, and she has some wonderful blending of science and physics and and spirituality, everything in one. So thank you so much, and give your website, and it's time to go. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the show today. And my website is www.itsalllight.co.uk. Thank you. Well, thank you, and we'll have you back again. Keep us informed about your great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org. And then I'm Mari Frank, host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.